Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. And welcome to A Certain Age podcast's very first show of 2023. We did it. We made it through the crazy busy holidays and have arrived at the bright, shiny start of a brand new year. We are kicking off 2023 with a very special guest, journalist and media OG Leslie Jane Seymour, the former editor-in-chief of Moore Magazine, Marie Claire, and Red Book. I was a Moore Magazine super fan, and when the magazine folded, it was like saying goodbye to a dear friend. The kind of friend that has fabulous book recommendations, nose and eye cream that actually depuffs, and has advice for navigating minefields at work and home. Yeah, that kind of friend. But happily, Leslie is still producing fab content for growth-minded women. She's the founder of The Covey Club, a media platform and virtual meeting place for lifelong learners. And she is the host of the podcast, Reinvent Yourself. She joins me today for a deep dive on the art of reinventing. Plus, we get into tips, tools, and practices for powering productivity and staying focused. Because we have an entire brand spanking new year ahead of us, and we want to make the most of it. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you, Katie. Nice to be here. I am truly thrilled. As I said, I used to read Moore Magazine every oh, month. Oh, that's I, so sweet. I loved reading your editor's note, and to have you on the show is, is such a treat. Um, I'm excited to get into the art and science of reinventing with you. I want to hear both about your own career evolution and, of course, get some ideas for our listeners that they can use in their yes. own lives. But yes. But first, I want to talk about an article that you recently wrote. I saw it on LinkedIn because I subscribed to your LinkedIn newsletter, and it was called How to Get More Things Done. And Oh, yes. Yeah. This, you know, of course, caught my eye because I have um, two jobs. This podcast is one of them. Three kids, a husband, a puppy. You know, it is definitely yes. hard to get it all done. And I know from reading this article that you did a deep dive into time management and productivity hacks last year. I would love to kick off by uh, having you share why you focused on prioritizing time management and ask you what you learned. Well, I'll tell you, the, the, the time management thing, I found it really scattering, especially when I left corporate life. I found that was my biggest time suck, is that just figuring out how to get stuff done. And it felt like everything was flying around with no structure. And that's, I didn't know, I'd never, you know, I'd had small periods of freelance during my corporate life. I had never had long extended periods where I had to generate my own momentum and keep it going and find a way to pick up all those threads. I was also used to having a staff of anywhere from, you know, 24 to 54. <laughs> so if if I wasn't keeping hold of the threads, there was always somebody else to. And when you are a solopreneur, that doesn't work like that. And like you, I have family, I have pets, I have friends. I also moved to a new city, a part of my reinvention. So I've got new things going on um, that I have to incorporate into my everyday. And then starting starting a business, which I'd never done, is insane. And I found myself feeling this horrible feeling of um, scatteredness. And I'm a real super type A. And so that was a bizarre thing. And I said, there has to be some reason why I'm feeling this. And of course, as you dig into it, you find that everybody feels that way. Um, and it has to do with our digital life. And it has to do with also, I came out of a business of producing something tangible 
Whereas every month we would put some, we put the magazine up on the wall in printouts, you would see it coming together. And then at the end of the month, you would have a magazine on your desk and you, you had this great sense of accomplishment and this sense of something you could hold in your hand. Like I made this. Not having that living in this total digital world, you don't ever have a break. You're on this, you're on the treadmill forever. And it there's no, there's no signposts, no road posts. You just feel like I get rid of 10 items to do and 10 more pop up. Totally. And it's it, like the Sisyphean, you know, it's like yes. la- like laundry. It's like the clothes. Yes, like keep, laundry. The, cl- well the clothes put. keep getting dirty. Like when is this yes. going to when is this going to end? Uh, I yes. love I love a phrase that you use, generate my own momentum. And I'm definitely yes. nodding along with that, too, because I, you know, I, too, have to generate my own momentum. I've got to. I have, you know, uh, my podcast and my day job are both um, small businesses that I run by myself. And I, you know, I'm my own boss. And, you know, sometimes I'm hard to work for. And, you know, other times I, I'm the world's best boss. So right. wh- when well, we all are like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, help us um, figure out how we can generate but also maintain momentum for the 2022 things that we want to get done this year. Well, there, there are a couple of things that it mean, it, well, it even helps. And I guess it even helps. Um, if you're in corporate, it all depends on how you like to work. I find that um, you have to sort of find the thing that works for you. In the in the old olden olden days, I used to have we used to have those little planner books that we worked with. Little I don't know if you remember those really soft, and you put your whole life in there and you follow it. Um, and then we became digital. I went totally digital to the point where when I went back to get my uh, sustainability degree um, in my late 50s, they would say, pull out a pen for a pop quiz. I didn't have one. That's how digital I was. I would like have to go around to the 20-year-olds go, do you have a pen or a pencil I can borrow? <laughs> like, that's how, how digital I was. And um, that's a problem. So one of the things that I, there's a couple of silly, stupid things that a lot of people probably already know, but if you're not doing these, they're fundamental. And I've talked to a lot of people um, who are living this digital life now, and they're not doing them. And that is, and since it's the beginning of the year, find a planner that works for you. Find, you can do a digital one, but I really believe, and we all know from the science and the research, that brains take in handwriting and analog differently than they take in digital, right? Yes. So even though I have everything in my digital calendar, I also have a analog calendar where I put everything in. I found this great woman down in Australia. It's called Daily Greatness. I've gone through hundreds of planners and studied them. This one works for me. She has many different types. She has a business planner um, that really is incredible for entrepreneurs, um, which is, uh, she just says business on the front. Um, and it really walks you through every quarter planning, day-to-day planning, different levels of day-to-day planning, depending on how your brain works. Like if you like to write everything in a list, or if you like to put it into your day and every Sunday at the end of the day, I sit down and I, pencil in what's in my in my virtual calendar into the planner 
And then I transfer over all those little lists that I didn't get done the week before. I know where I'm standing. I look at, you know, if I'm interviewing somebody or talking to somebody, I do all my research ahead of time. Monday morning, I can hit the ground. So smart. So smart to prioritize this on a Sunday night because it probably helps, you know. 10 minutes on Sunday night will save you this horrible getting up to speed, you know, with everything going on 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 Monday morning. It's incredible what 10 minutes can do. It's like, it's like meditating. Everybody says they don't have 20 minutes to meditate. And I say, if you meditate for 20 minutes in the morning, you will find you have two hours extra in the day because you're going to be going at your tasks in a much calmer, steady paced way instead of all over the place. Leslie, you had me a calm. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. I want to be calmer. (laughs) Yes. The other thing that that I was really enlightening and um, who I really love is Cal Newport. If you haven't read, um, there are two books that he does. One is called Deep Work and the other one is A World Without Email. And what he's done, he's a scientist out in, uh, I think it's at Stanford. All my guys are at Stanford now who I admire. Um, but he's he's basically done the research and said the big problem, the reason why we're so unhappy with our work, whether you work in corporate or on your own today, is that we've become part of the email chain. And we spend half our day, he actually puts all the studies out there, just sending emails. That's not satisfying work. That's not real work. That's not moving you or the needle down the field at all. And that's why when you're done, even if you're in a digital world as we are, we're not, you know, if you're not making car parts, which makes you feel very satisfied when you can see that or art, um, why you feel so dissatisfied is is the majority of us are have been sucked into the email chain. We never get to our work. And it also and, feels like we never get to the to the end of that inbox. Leslie, we're going to head yes. into a quick break. But when we come sure. back, I want to sure. talk about how we manage the email, how we manage our digital, digital life in a way that lets us be calm and productive. We'll be right back. Have you ever successfully set someone up on a date? In my 53 years, I've only ever made one successful match for a friend, which is why I'm so eager to introduce you to the nonprofit Let's Talk Menopause, because I know this is a relationship that's going to work. Let's Talk Menopause is changing the conversation around menopause so women get the information they need and the healthcare they deserve. Understanding menopause is a lot like solving a tough jigsaw puzzle, as there are so many pieces. Menopause can have over 34 symptoms, insomnia, joint pain, low libido, difficulty sleeping, irritability, mood swings, fatigue, brain fog, painful sex, urinary leaks. It is a long list. Visit their website, letstalkmenopause.org, to find all the tools you need the 101s to understanding the physical and mental menopausal changes, information about their public ad campaigns and advocacy work, a downloadable symptoms checklist to share with your doctor, and so much more. Visit letstalkmenopause.org. Together, we can change the change. Okay, Leslie, we're back from the break. We headed into it talking about, you know, really biggies, managing our digital life, managing this onslaught of email in a way that lets us be productive and feel purposeful. So so keep going. Tell us more about what you learned from those books. 
So, well, I, but the other thing, which is really silly and very easy is um, you can also look at the Pomodoro method, which is, again, somebody's done some research where they find that if you do do stints of very productive work for 25 minutes at a time, and then you get up for five minutes and you walk around, you exercise, you go get a drink, whatever you're going to do come back for 25 minutes. And I have this little great little timer, which is a little um, cube that I got off of Amazon that you can set on your desk. And when you force yourself to get up after 25 minutes, your brain apparently can only do a 25 minute sprint. But you give yourself that five minute break, you you'd be shocked at how much stuff you can get done. It's weird stuff. It's all brain hacky stuff. I love brain hacky stuff. You know, it's interesting. I did, I did. I I actually googled the Pomodoro method after yes. I read your newsletter because you referenced yeah. it in that, and I was yeah. I, I loved learning that it's called the Pomodoro method because it's based on this Pomodoro tomato like kitchen timer. timer. Yeah. Uh, and this, you know, the Pomodoro tomato rings at twenty five minutes, and you're supposed to do your stuff. And I was so proud of myself because I accidentally practiced the Pomodoro method, and I and I do it because I truly because I have like a bad tight back. And so I set my oh, my so iPhone. Yeah, I set my iPhone timer. I get up every t- 25 minutes. And because I largely work from home, I do some quick, gentle yoga stretches. And then I return Brilliant. to work. And and so I do practice this time chunking in a way yes. that I, I feel um, is so helpful. And each thing, each person has to take their own thing. You know, it. not everything works for everybody. But it will work for different things work for different people, depending on how your mind is. But certain things they have, um, you know, they've done the brain research and they know what actually works for you. Yeah. How do we limit all these distractions of social media? Because I find, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I've got um, two jobs. I have two sets of emails and I've got a personal email. So it's like there's a lot lot happening on my computer and on my phone. Yes. Number one. Before you, well, you have to have your planning, however it works for you. You have to have your time chunking. Turn off all your notifications. I know everybody's going to freak out when I say that. But when you learn, again, with all the reading I did, when you learn that these companies, Facebook, Google, they've hired every brain researcher in the world to figure out how to distract you into their systems. They hire brain search pe- research people, right? Those little things that interrupt all your work and make you feel like you're scattered, once you realize they're not helping you, somebody's trying to trying to, they don't care about your work. They don't care if you ever get your work done. They care about you going to their site because that's how they get paid. Once you understand that it's all about that and that really The reason why we're afraid to turn off notifications, most of them, I'm not saying all of them, you can go and look at them later, but is in the back of your head, and I know this is what I thought I had to say, why was I afraid to turn them off? Is I kept thinking one was going to come along that says, you're, you know, you just found out you won a $15 million lottery (laughs) and the money's waiting for you. And I'm afraid I'm going to miss that one, right? Well, that one has never come. (laughs) We've been on email. And so once you turn off your notifications, the only thing that I leave on are my calendar notifications and my phone notifications. That's it. Because your 
once you realize that they're coming to you because they get paid to get you distracted, you can turn this relationship around so that you only go to your phone and to your systems to look at what's happening when you want to. And you can set up in your calendar, this is another thing that's really helpful, is called time blocking in your calendar, where you can go to a Google calendar. I think Apple, you can do it too, but you put in blocks like writing from you know 9 a.m. to 12 on Mondays. You, you block that out in color, a certain, you have a writing, for instance, I'm a writer. So I have a writing block, I have a business block, I have um, you know financial block, different times of the week or month, you can set it up that way. And you know, you're going to get those things done at those times of years. It's kind of at times of week or month. And that's so smart. I love that. I love that idea. You can do that with your email. You can put your email or your, all the things that you want to look at, you can put that in for 12 o'clock block to look at your email. But the problem is if you're if you're trying to study, and this is the other thing they found, if you're trying to get your work done and you're constantly distracted, they've measured all the distraction your brain has when this stuff is coming in. It takes you equal amount of time or more to get back into what you were doing. So you're wasting time every time that you get distracted. It's better for you to block it out, go look at your email twice a day spend time on it and not look at it again unless there's an emergency you're looking for. Yeah. And you can train yourself to do that. I mean, I I do. I I have a color-coded calendar where I have things coded for work, podcasts. Yes. Each of my kids has a color. And I put in exercise because I I learned to do that. Put in exercise. If I put the exercise in, it's a commitment to myself. What I haven't done yet, but you better believe I'm going to do after this conversation, is, is put in sort of higher level thinking for work, you know, with writing or maybe planning. Planning, uh, that's know, a good time. Add block time for planning yeah, is a great idea. But, but it, it wouldn't have occurred to me to put in like a time where I'm saying, okay, this is what I'm doing, the logistics. You know, I'm looking at the email, I'm getting the scheduling yes. done. And, you know, I, I do think when we organize our day and we put it down, I think a lot of women who are amazing multitaskers, and like we get a lot of stuff done. Um, when I see something that's on a list or a calendar as a commitment, I, I do it. You know? yes. <laughs> yes, we're very good about that. We're trained actually, to do our tasks, you know, so, but we want yes. to do the higher level tasks and the, the tasks that That's get us ex- correct. You know, the you tasks that get your, us excited. We spend our time down at the bottom in the salt mine of returning emails. Right. And we never, and we never actually get to the mining the gold, which is the stuff that we want to do. And that's the key that it's reversing this relationship and for each person, it's probably different. But when you understand, for me, it was this fundamental understanding that these distractions were not designed to help me. They were designed to make these people money. Right. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to turn you off. I'll look at it because if I somebody needs me, that's important. But now I get it. Like, okay, well, you're in the business of keeping me from my work. Of course. And we're in the business of mining gold and we're mining gold in 2023. Right. So this is a you perfect, this is the perfect time to sort of segue and switch to talk about your um, reinvention work, because I know you've reinvented your own career. 
You've yes, got a podcast yes, called yes. Reinvent Yourself. And Covey Club yes. really offers tools, resources, inspiration, momentum for women who are growth-minded. I mean, you literally say on your website, yes. this is for lifelong learners. Yes. Can we kick off by having you share your reinvention story with your listeners? And then we're going to oh, do God. a deeper dive. <laughs> it's just, well, I was... Um, How did I you come was... from War Magazine to Covey Club, for example? Well, I've been running national magazines my whole life. That's what I've done. I'm a writer. I'm a editor-in-chief of magazines flying around the world, having this very glamorous life, walking the Hollywood red carpets, traveling the world, going to the fashion shows in Italy. And of course, when that all ends, when they close your magazine, because print is dying, um, I had 627 readers who were very upset. Take They went to my social media and I put out a survey like because they all came to me on social media the day that more closed. People were really upset. It's, it was and, a very special magazine. Yeah, it was intelligent. It was incredibly intelligent. And what was fantastic is we could do anything we wanted because the company didn't care. We never fit in any of their holes. So we were they kind of ignored us. I think half the time they, my boss never even read the magazine. So I could do anything I wanted, even subversive stuff. But um, we, so when that closed, um, 627 people came to the, took the, took a survey I put out when they said they wanted me to do something else. And I took that survey and I mapped out something called Covey Club from there. And Covey is a small group of birds. I wanted something intimate and small and I wanted to continue my service to women. That's really what being an editor-in-chief is all about, is I'm an informer and a gatherer. That's what I do. And I love to give women a voice. And I didn't want to be cut off from that. And I thought, okay, how do I do this? At the same time, I had started going back to school to get my degree in sustainability management up at Columbia at night, I thought I'll segue. I mean, it was very clear that magazine publishing was in trouble. You you had to be a chicken with your head in the ground to not uh, realize that. I mean, everywhere, they were laying off hundreds of people in every every magazine at a time. And so I, I had a couple of years to say, okay, what am I gonna do? I started getting my degree. Um, sustainability management is where the environment and business meet. And I thought I'll segue over into beauty biz. They pulled the plug on more two years too early. And so I literally sat at my dining room table saying, okay, I need to either learn MailChimp today or I need to finish <laughs> this this piece on women in the Congo. <laughs> like it was it was this completely nutty experience. And Covey sort of took off. And originally, I thought it was going to be a mag. This is anybody who's in publishing will laugh hysterically when I say this. I thought I was going to produce an original magazine every week with original art, original articles, and I was going to get people to pay for it. Ha ha ha! It doesn't happen <laughs> digitally. Um, so anyway, what happened is when I figured out that that wouldn't work, I leaned into the club part of it, and this is what happens. You know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of move. You have to move. You, yeah, you, you, see what your, you see what your consumers want. You know, they, right. they... you meet walls and you say, okay, either I'm done or I take it in this direction. Anyway, when I, I leaned into, I love to teach. Um, I've taught as an adjunct professor at NYU before. And um, so I leaned into that part of it. We'd always done a little bit of teaching, um, but we kind of started out by doing, you know, stage interviews with experts, the kind of thing you would do if you went to a conference. 
And then shortly we can't began to spin into actual workshops, all that kind of stuff. I had a lot of coaches come on, then COVID hit. And lo and behold, I had a captive audience to do an experiment with. And that's when we started teaching five days a week and the whole thing went crazy and we created platforms for women to meet and all this kind of stuff. And Covey really got cemented. And what we figured out is what, what our tagline is, is we say, we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And we take women who are in transition of some sort, any kind of transition. It could be widowhood. It could be divorce. It could be losing a job, about to lose a job. It could be emptiness, whatever it is. And we put in front of them the people, places, and things they need and the services. And about two to three years later, all these people who come in at the beginning saying, I feel like I'm drifting. I'm scared. I feel like the world is not here for me anymore. I'm invisible. No one hears me as I'm getting older. I feel ageism. They come out the other end with new jobs, new friends, new ideas, new practices, all kinds of stuff like that. And we now know what we do. And that's what we do. I love this so much. And I love that you share that uh, a lot of your you know, Covey Club members do feel the things that I hear from listeners that I hear from clients that I work with, concerns about ageism, what's next, uh, what do I do with my time, how do I find purpose and meaning, and yes, they, they do all of that. And they come through we the other side. This show focuses on women who are reinventing in midlife as well, who are launching businesses, creative endeavors. Every Monday, there are women who are sharing inspiring stories. So I know with your Reinvent Yourself podcast, Yes. You've done about 200 interviews. You've got a, a bunch of wonderful episodes. What are common themes that you've seen emerged that that um, make a successful reinvention? How do we get from I'm, I'm worried and scared and I don't know what's next? Yes. How do you get through to success? What is the common theme? Well, first, I want to say that reinvention can also be thought of as rethinking, restarting, refreshing. It doesn't have to be a full, like sometimes people, when they say reinvention, they're like, oh, I don't want to throw out my whole life. I love my life. We understand that. We just pick the word reinvention because people understand what that means. Um, but you can reinvent. It can be as small as, you know, reinventing your, you know, how you look or reinventing your health. They're reinventing your attitude towards fitness. It doesn't have to be gigantic. It can be small or it can be as life-changing as I'm leaving my job and I'm moving to a new city <laughs> like I've done. Um, it can be big or small. So I just want to uh, say that. No, that's, so that's all, a great stage setting. Yeah. So with all the interviews I've done, here's what's so fascinating. And we also did a book while I was at Moore and we also ran a regular column called Second Acts. Here's the fascinating thing. I have interviewed, and I'm sure you'll find this too, people with money, with no money, with contacts, with no contacts, with education, with no education, with family support, with no family support, people who have dramatic health impairments, people who literally the world has fallen in on them one year. They've had a year where, I mean, terrific loss or lost everything. And you know what? They all have in common. What? <laughs> I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> mindset. Okay. It's mindset. And it is fascinating because I was really trying to listen to all my my podcasts and say, okay, can I can I come up with a recipe? Like, what's the recipe? And 
it's very clear. And we know that mindset from all the research can be changed. If you have an open mindset and if you have an, an, an open look for how your life can change, and if you believe that your life can change, and if you don't, if you put out of your head all the things you think you already know about yourself, you can reinvent, reset, refresh, whatever you want to do with that RE in front of it. It's mindset. It is absolutely fascinating. And that is because mindset is the thing. There was a very, um, you know, when I did the book uh, for more all about reinvention, the thing, the one quote that stood out with me for me was somebody, and I don't remember who said it. She said, you have to open your eyes to the reinvention possibilities that throw themselves in front of you every single day. Ooh, I love that. And it's true. It's absolutely true. And once you open your brain, I'll give you an example if we have time. Yeah, of please. Just myself. I moved, um, we left the suburbs of New York after our kids were grown up and gone because I just felt like once I was no longer going into the city to work in a corporation and once I was no longer had to be in the city, I wanted to go somewhere where it was fun to be an adult. There's a whole long story there. Okay. But anyway, we moved to I New Orleans. I want this too. I love this. <laughs> we, we moved to New Orleans three years ago, right before COVID, right before shutdown. And one of the things I did here, when I got here, I was like, I didn't understand all this obsession with Mardi Gras. I was like, what is all this obsession? Anyway, it's a whole long, long story I'll have to write about at some point. But I joined a marching club. And I didn't, This. these are the people that... Um, follow the big floats. There's all kinds of groups. You, you, you see music people. I'm not musical, but they have various marching groups and some, you know, do these silly dances. They dress up in funny ways, whatever. Um, so I joined this thing. And what I didn't realize when I joined it, like I, duh, like I thought they looked like they were really fun and interesting. They're called the Amelia ear hots that they pronounce it the way one would pronounce it down here. It's a takeoff on Amelia air heart. But because of the Louisiana accent, they call it the ear hot. <laughs> and um, we dress up in these silly red costumes. What I didn't realize, of course, is that you they do dances. I didn't even occur to me. I have had the mindset in my life that I am a klutz. I have problems with I'm kind of ambidextrous. So I have terrible time with left and right. I've always had that problem in my life. I, if they told me if I was either left or right. I would know it better, but I, I never know left or right. I don't, I cry in gym class because they say <laughs> go to the left and I go to the right and bump into the girl with the big hockey stick, right? I'm so terrible. And I was like, so excited to get in. And I was like, oh shoot, I have to learn to dance. I can't dance. I don't know my left from my right. That's why I don't take, I don't take Zumba class. Cause I'm afraid I'm going to go in the wrong direction. I'm going to bump into people. So I decided, okay, here's your experiment. Get rid of that mindset. When I was seven, I used to do tap and ballet and baton. What if I look at it? I didn't think that when I was that age. I didn't think I was a klutz or impossible or dumb or couldn't follow. And I'll tell you, it's been a struggle, but I have learned to do these dances and I'm learning to trust 
my muscle memory and I have to learn it my own way. I have to dissect each thing and write it down and say two hands up over here to the left. And I have to do it my own way to make it go in. I am having the time of my life. I did two, two parades. Being in a parade is so stupid fun. I can't even <laughs> tell you. It's so joyful. And what's really great for me, while I'm mortified if I'm going in the wrong direction or my hands are up and everybody else's are down, I've decided I'm changing my mindset about that. I'm not bad at this. Of I'm course. not going to be in the front. I want to be in the back so no one can see me. Leslie, but... you, you can be in the front because we tell, no. yes, you can, because you're going to keep <laughs> no, going. Not yet. Not we yet. Not we yet. do tell ourselves stories that we right. that we believe That's to right. be true. And when you, right. when you tell yourself a story that you believe to be true, it can get in the way. I love what you That's shared correct. about this mindset. Mindset. Shift. My, mindset. My favorite yoga teacher, and you know, regular listeners have heard me say this. One of my favorite teachers always says, if you think you can't, you're right. And right. we need to Very think good. we can because right. that is the first step in any kind of change. That's and, right. And I, I love this story that you shared because you, you know, accidentally stumbled into having to tell yourself a new story. And look what happened. Yes. You're, you're yes. dancing in a Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> so stupid, I mean, it's no, so it's fun. so fun and so fabulous. And everyone here who's listening to this needs to start telling themselves a story for 2023 that they yes. can do the thing that they know deep in their heart that they want to do and they want to try. Yes, I love that. I think that's a great challenge. Love it. Yeah, and and so it's so exciting. It's just so exciting. This is this is why we're here having this conversation. It's a fresh start to a fresh year. Um, if a listener is sitting here thinking like, okay, I'm telling myself a new story. I'm switching my mindset. 2023 is my year to reinvent. Beyond, come join us. Like, come join us. <laughs> what would be um, a tactical piece of advice you might share that goes sort of beyond mindset? How do we how do we propel ourselves into action in some way that feels tactical or actionable? Well, I do a lot at Covey Club. Um, I'm not a coach. I don't want to be a coach, but I actually got my certification in tiny habits only because I find that, and you probably see this too, the hard part of getting started on any reinvention, refresh, rethink, repackaging, re, re you know, or whatever your RE word is, is getting started. That getting started thing is the hard part. And what we know is that once you get started and you create some momentum, some traction, the snowball keeps going. But, but that first start is very, very difficult. So at Covey, we are doing, in matter of fact, January 9th through February 9th, um, we're doing what is called our 30-day Reinvent Yourself Challenge. And we're going to do it as a club together. And we're going to check in twice a week. We have a launch and then we have a finish up. And I have, it's not tiny habits, but it's tiny movements. Each day I give you a calendar that has something you're going to do. You're going to pick something you're going to do every day for five minutes. That's going to move you towards whatever that thing is. I want to change my eating habits. I want to get a new job in a, a new territory. I want to do whatever the thing is you're going to pick that you want to do. And in, it could be, you know, call Jane, who's in that category already of where I want to go. You know, follow three doctors um, if I want to change my health in social media. Buy this book. Whatever it is, you're going to do something five minutes every single day. And here's what's fascinating. If you were a couch potato and never moved, after 30 days, if you 
did even five minutes or 10 minutes of walking, that's 10 times 30. Let's say, I mean, you've already done several miles. And that's true with any kind of pursuit that you have. In a month, you will have traction. You will have put the seeds in the ground and things will start to happen. And you will have built that habit because they say it takes 30 days to sort of learn a new habit or to maybe get rid of an old one. And I love the notion of doing this with an accountability partner, an accountability group. the whole club. And the it, whole club is your accountability partner. Everything's more yes. fun with friends. I absolutely love that, um, Leslie. Yes. We're nearing the end of our time together. We're going to close. Sure. With, we're going to close with a speed round. But before we do that, I want to ask you one last question. You sure. Know, could you have launched Covey Club? Could you have made this sort of big reinvention pivot into entrepreneurship when you were younger, or did it take getting to midlife? I think, you know, and I ask myself that because I'm very frustrated. I wish I'd launched Covey at least five years earlier. I think I was ready. I just needed the push. I had a big salary. I had a fancy job. It's very hard. There are people in my podcast who've walked away from those things. They knew deep down in their heart they had to get out. It wasn't satisfying. Mine was it mine was not that it wasn't satisfying. I it was just sad. It became really, really sad but I don't think I had the guts to pull the plug myself. I wish, I really wish that I'd done it earlier. I could not have done it in my twenties or thirties. I was too insecure. I had to get to the point where I didn't care what people thought and where, you know, where people, you know, and if I screwed up, I could get over the screw up. You know, there's plenty of screwed ups that you do. And when you have some confidence um, behind you, like whenever I get into a tough situation with Covey Club, I always look back at myself and go, you know, 30 years of editing magazines, you never had to put yourself on the cover of the magazine because you couldn't figure it out or find the right person or even the person ditched, like something always worked out. And that's a long way from, and I'll really be honest, when I would have a big celebrity book for a for a cover, and then somebody would come in and screw me, which happened all the time with these celebrity publicists. They would lie and cheat, cheat, and say they. I mean, you. That's they, a whole. They promise. They promise you somebody that wouldn't show up. <laughs> yeah, you know, just you can't even believe the things they would do. And I would literally go barf in the garbage pail because I was like, "Oh, what am I going to do now? I'm dead." And I have the confidence to know that I'm never dead, and that I can figure it out, and I'll figure out something. I Whatever love, it is. Of course. I love you know? the story. And I think, you know, you you, know, you shared you wish you had done it five years earlier. But we all, I believe, get there on our own time. You know, we, we, we get there eventually. And, and, yes. we, and we have this this learning. And, yes. um, and how, you know, fortunate for us that you got this push and you've created something that, that's special for, for women in, in midlife and really of all ages. But, I, you know, I do know that there's, there's a big sort of sweet spot of, of women who are in midlife and are looking at the next chapter. All right. It's transition. It's transition. It, you yes. know, I would have called it women in transition, except today that can mean other things. So yeah, um, <laughs> I, but I, know, I, like, it's, we're evolving. We're evolving women. Evolving. Yes. All right. But it's this transition. 
Let's do the speed round, Leslie. Let's go for okay, it. So this cool. is our, our high energy note to end one to two word answers. Oh, uh, okay. Launching. Yeah, you can do it. I know it. Launching the Covey Club. You're dancing, Leslie, right? You can do anything. Yes, I can do anything. <laughs> Launching the Covey Club was. Oh, extraordinary. The, Scary and extraordinary. Two good words. The Covey Club is for lifelong learners. What's the last new thing you learned? That I can actually dance. <laughs> I'm not a klutz. <laughs> What's the next new thing you want to learn? This year, it's funny. I'm struggling to figure out what it is I'm going to do this year. I always pick something. I pick a topic every single year. I'm really heavy into learning about health and blood sugar. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. <laughs> Weird. I know you didn't expect that one. No, we like unexpected answers. It keeps yeah. us listening. All right. Reinvention is not as simple as making a New Year's resolution. We've all just no. maybe made ours. What's a tool or hack to keep the reinvention fire uh, burning all year long? Planning. It's planning and actually working with a group to get it done and stay with it. And I hate to call them resolutions. I don't. I just would call them inspirations. Nice. Uh, a lifestyle choice or hack that keeps you growing and going. Hmm, I'm a huge reader and I do every year around New Year's. I pick something that has been intriguing me that I haven't had a chance to study. I'm a big studier. Um, and, you know, that's how I ended up with my sustainability degree. I, I used to kill every plant I ever touched. And then I decided it was time to actually figure out how to not do that. And that eventually got me into a master's degree. But um, this year, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be physical, physical health. I, I've never really had to pay attention. And now I do. We all do. We, we all do. Yep. All right. Finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel happier. Nice. Love it. Perfect note. Uh, thank you, Leslie. This was so much fun. It was such a treat to connect with you uh, in real life since I've only ever you know, been able to read your editor's notes. Uh, oh, wonderful. Before we say goodbye, though, how can our listeners find you in the Covey Club and learn more about your work? Yes. Please come over to CoveyClub.com and read all our content. We have I just put the word reinvention in there or rethink or refresh or whatever it is. We have hundreds of original articles, essays that will inspire you. Look at our classes and see if it's for you. The great part about Covey Club, you can join for a month for free. If it's not for you, no harm, no foul. You can just cancel. And um, we just have a wonderful group of women who are very accomplished. And I get the women who want to help each other. That's what's really great. We're all here to help each other, move each other along. I love it. Leslie, this was so fabulous, so phenomenal. Thank you for kicking off 2023 with us. Thank you. I'm so excited. This was so fun. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Join me next week when fitness pro and menopause advocate and educator Amanda Thebe helps us amp up our 2023 fitness and wellness routines. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.